Will American Socialism Kill Stocks? I'm Jason Kelly, and this is Your Investing Questions Answered by Jason Kelly. If you'd like to record a question to be answered on a future episode, please leave me a message at 303-747-4428. You can also email me a question using jason at jasonkelly.com. The latter is how today's question came. Bennett Hughes in Montgomery, Alabama emailed, Do you think stocks will suffer as America becomes more socialist? He cited some evidence for America becoming more socialist, and I'll go through some of what he wrote and that I agree with. And I should just say some of what he wrote I I don't agree with, and rather than getting into a debate over what constitutes socialism and which party is more responsible for it and all of that, I'm going to just limit to what I think are, are valid observations no matter where one lies on the political spectrum with an eye on whether these are going to affect the stock market. We'll just keep on point here, which is increasingly important in the modern media environment. (laughs) Bennett cited some evidence for America becoming more socialist. Now, one of these was school decline. This is true. Um, It's not just an age perspective thing where everybody looking back on when they were in school remembers it being more rigorous and more focused on studies. For example, the old you know, I had to walk five miles of school uphill both ways kind of thing. There is some, quite a bit, actually, uh, hard evidence that schools are in big trouble. Uh, skipping just the outcomes, look at how they're operated now. Um, ACT and SAT scores were were the whole story back when I was trying to get into college, and there were entire classes devoted to doing well on the SAT. You could buy books on how to ace the SAT, People were were proud of their ACT and SAT scores or or kept them private. It was was a big deal getting into school back when those tests were were important. And the reason they're declining now is in, in importance for getting into a college is not because they fail to identify aptitude, but because they do succeed in identifying aptitude. And too few students can do well on them anymore. And this is this is a big slide backwards for society, and especially when we start assigning different test requirements to different groups of people. I mean, that is just falling off the the cliff of mediocrity, really. But just taking the whole student body in general, not even separating out to to subgroups. Look. It used to be that if if people couldn't make the test scores, they needed to work harder to get up to those test scores, and that's how we filter down to students with the best aptitude to go to our best schools. That's not what's going on anymore. People couldn't clear the bar, so rather than upping the student level, we lowered the bar and lowered and lowered and lowered, and now it's it's really on the verge of disappearing. These these standardized tests to to find aptitude for entry into higher education are going the way of the dodo. And as soon as you have no no aptitude filter for school, you just flood campuses with anybody with a pulse, really. And especially if there's a political motivation to favor one group over another, it just really distorts and perverts and, and ruins the, the purpose of higher education, really. 
So I, I will agree with Bennett on that, that the decline in importance of, of the ACT and SAT scores to get into university programs is a big problem. Also within education, grade point averages are losing significance, and this makes sense. If we're not even going to test people to get into school, then why bother testing them once they are in school? That would just hurt people's feelings if they didn't do as, as well as they had hoped. <laughs> so, you know, this turns into achievers only succeed because of certain advantages they've had, and it has nothing to do with hard work or talent or preparation. And even the, what would you say, nature's distribution of talent across the, the human population is considered unfair in some cases. You know, well, it's, it's, no, it's not okay that student A is better at math than student B, and student C is, is better at, what, writing history dissertations than, than student D. Fair? I mean, maybe not, but what happened to the old observation that life isn't fair? I mean, the point of school should be to, to maximize the talents where they ended up in hopes of producing people who can contribute a lot to society. And, of course, their own careers, but, but most successful careers do something for society. It's, it's part of the inner, intertwined success, right? But now everybody gets an A. And you know what that means, right? <laughs> the observation, when everybody's special, nobody's special. Well, everybody getting an A means grades mean nothing. So what's going on here? Everybody just shows up or, or doesn't show up. What's the difference? We can't tell who deserves to be in school. We can't tell who did well or who didn't do well in school. No wonder an increasing number of, of companies are not requiring a college education anymore. Boy, that's that's discouraging. And um, I guess it's getting harder to find talent, so now companies are having to have their own way to weed weed out talent. And I guess in a way that could be a sign of socialism. If if society's levers and, and, and pulleys are turning out people that are indistinguishable from one another, it makes it harder for organizations to find the right people. And so everybody's just on this level, flat playing field, and that playing field is pretty far down from where it used to be. Another another point from education is that free speech is gone on campus. This is obvious to anybody. I mean, racist and hate speech is now protected if it's voiced by anybody who's part of a marginalized group. And and the, the bureaucracies of universities are out of control. I mean, the diversity, equity, and inclusion racket, I guess, is is now, I've, I've read that some universities now have more bureaucrats working for them than they do professors, that the focus on education is is diminishing rapidly. And, I mean, when, when people <laughs> just, just, you know, add these three points up, anybody can go to university now. We don't care about your aptitude. Once you're in the university system, we're not going to judge you in any way to determine who's good or bad at the various disciplines, the various pools of knowledge that are being taught. Everybody's just the same. And then you're not allowed to speak freely. So no exchange of ideas there either. Um, you, you, you have to just toe the party line that's being put out by these bureaucracies that have nothing to do with the educational mission of the university, which started the whole university system hundreds of years ago. Gee, what a shock that companies are no longer seeing universities as the, the best pool of talent for their future management and their future workers. So, yeah, I would say this does look 
a lot like socialism. This is a, a uniquely American brand of socialism, and, and in my view, not good. Another area that Bennett brought up were taxes. He says about 1% of U.S. households pay 50% of federal income taxes, and that's true. That's true. So let's just use this, this pool of observations, the various aspects of, of education on the decline and then taxes being so top-heavy that you know, 1% pay half of all federal income taxes and a great number of, of citizens receive benefits from government rather than, than paying into the treasury system. All right, all, all bad? Yeah, actually. I mean, this group of stuff we went over, I, I know that it's not all bad in the world, but these things we looked at here as a definition of, of creeping American socialism, uh, these things are all bad. But this trend identified in, in this definition of creeping American socialism has existed for about 50 years. It was roughly the early 1970s that saw emphasis switch from, from equal opportunity for all to some kind of slippery slope toward pretending that no differences exist among people. Everybody is equally good at calculus. Everybody is equally able to design a microchip. I mean, the, the idea of merit slowly disappeared, except where it's, except where what? You, you absolutely cannot ignore it. If uh, sports, for example, I mean, is 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 anywhere else more obviously a meritocracy than professional sports? No, those are the people who are best at that sport, and nobody cares what sort of patterns appear on the the field or court or whatever. And this this notion of of, of equal opportunity for all started out innocently enough, but it's it's now reaching what seems to be an extreme. And even even when it started going to uh, pretending no differences exist, I mean that's sort of appealing on its face, right? We're all the same. Ultimately, we all have the same hearts. We all we all eat, we all drink, we all sleep. Right, right. And so this all started out fine, uh, but then it just kept creeping and creeping. So now. All speech offends somebody, so nobody can say anything. That's the, the zipped lips on campuses coast to coast. Now, men aren't men, women aren't women, and as a matter of fact, how dare you even use the words? That's how sort of clinched at the neck the whole society has become. And taken too far, this kind of thing comes full circle, doesn't it? And we've seen that. I visited a literary agency website that a friend pointed me to, because it said on the website, the public-facing homepage of this literary agency said that it is not accepting submissions except from BIPOCs, B-I-P-O-C-S for plural, BIPOCs. I didn't know what that was at first, but it's an acronym that stands for Black, Indigenous, and Other People of Color. There too. Sounds generous until you unpack it. We, we could look at that and say, oh, well, that, that makes sense. Yeah, right. Uh, sort of help people, give people a leg up. But there are quite a few people who look at this and say, how many decades of legs up are we going to be giving? Why can't we all just say we're Americans and stop doing this special anything for anybody? Right. But let's just say we, we still run the mode of let, let's help people out. So the BIPOCs that this agency is is trying to help this sounds generous, but then you unpack it a little and realize that only BIPOCs may apply translates to white people need not apply. If so, that's a funny form of progress. We're out to help the world. Therefore, we take no submissions of literary material from white people. Huh. 
I am no fan of these trends, okay? But from a stock market point of view, they haven't meant much yet. Like I said, this has been going on for some 50 years. My whole adult life, for sure, I had to deal with this in college. I remember talking about this kind of stuff in in college, and even there, were, there was a gifted and talented program. They later renamed it the Talented and Gifted, so it would make a better initialism of TAG. And that, that was where kids who did better on certain tests in high school went to different classes from, from the main student body. If you showed a high aptitude in literature or math or whatever it was, then you could go to the, the, the TAG part of school and you could be in classes with other smart kids. Are we even allowed to say that anymore? But what's wrong with that? There, some kids are smart, better at school, the things that make school school. You know, and and I I like the German education system, frankly. I remember talking about this in college, that maybe that's a better way to go. That Germany doesn't doesn't assign value to the different educational tracks. It doesn't say that this person that's on the the microchip design path is is a superior human being to the one who's learning how to maintain diesel engines. We had a vocational tech program at my high school. And there was sort of this feeling of, oh, if they were in the Votech part of school, then they weren't worth much, you know, unless they were in advanced calculus, AP something or other for advanced placement, you know, then they weren't worth much. And I always thought that was a problem. What's what's wrong with being good at something else? We can't all be silicon chip designers, you know, microchip designers. I'm not, for example. And that doesn't make me less of a human being. We're all good at different things. And I think the German education system is, is very good at emphasizing that. It has no qualms separating people out early on. Aha, you're good at math, you're good at language, you're good at something else, you know, and it, and it puts people on different tracks and that's where they stay which is good for the student who is then doing what they're naturally good at and, and they have an interest in. It's good for the school because it's not wasting time trying to teach a kid who's not good at a certain subject how to do that subject. And it's good for society because it produces people who are doing what they love to do and are good at what they love to do and they're not constantly pretending that every single person is the same thing, cut from the same template, you know. But these these trends that we see today were were getting going when I was in school, and I remember talking about this. I don't I don't I'm not sure people even say AP anymore. I've <laughs> been out of the school system so long, but that sounds like something that would be suspect now, doesn't it? Advanced placement. What are you suggesting about everybody else that they're lower placement, non-advanced? What are you some kind of you know you can easily imagine it turning into that. So I don't know. Everybody just has to sit there and and hum tunes together or something instead of trying to, to get ahead of the game by studying harder. I really don't know. But the, the point here for investors is that if, if we consider this a slippery slope into increasingly socialist society where everybody's just sort of a drone on the same level, you're not allowed to point out differences among people. If so, it did start a long time ago. Uh, the, the debates were on campus when I was a kid and when I was, you know, in my early 20s. And that was uh, 30 some years ago now. So it's not a new thing. And yet, and yet, I heard these similar arguments about, about socialism creeping and taking over and the country not being what it used to be in the 1980s when I was in high school and in the 1990s when I was in college, that the country was degrading, which meant nobody should own stocks because stocks are ultimately a bet on the future, right? And it can't be a very bright future with all this nuttiness going on. You see where this is going. 
Anybody who avoided stocks from, say, 1990, certainly regrets it today. And I have a feeling we'll be able to say the same thing 30 years from now, when uh, even if nobody knows whether they're male or female. Their credit cards will still work. People are still going to eat, so McDonald's will do all right. They're still going to want to go to theme parks and, and watch, watch movies, so Disney will be all right. And, and Disney is no stranger to controversy, right? And despite that, it's, it's quite a going concern still. A whole new industry came along, technology, and it started out as just a focus on tech and has now gone pretty liberal, actually. Most of Silicon Valley is is considered woke by conservatives or liberal, using older older terminology. And yet, it's doing just fine profit-wise and stock-wise. So even liberal-dominated companies, even woke trends in society can, uh, can coexist with a thriving stock market. Honestly, the stock market's been around so long through so many different social movements and wars and crises and boosts and bombs and just everything that I'm not, I'm not sure anything going on right now pre- presents some sort of undue challenge to stocks. If we separate out our, our personal political views, we, we all have them. I tend to be more conservative, but not as far conservative as a lot of my readers, it seems. And I'm not nearly as liberal as a lot of my readers. But it hasn't really mattered much to, to my audience because I don't spend a lot of time talking about this. My, my personal views don't matter to, to stock market analysis. And, and I encourage you to, to take a similar tack. And I am not saying that you don't have every right to have a, a political viewpoint. Of course you do. And it's not even, it's not even within the purview of, of what I do in my career to comment on that, except that it sort of creeps into this topic. I, I have political views. I, I partake in the political system in my own way. I vote. And, and I never share with my audience who I'm voting for, what I think about certain issues, and so on. In this case, the reason is that it doesn't have much to do with stocks. I just don't see that profits are affected by any of these trends going on. Now, I suppose if, if this really goes off the deep end and we suddenly have an entire generation of unqualified workers coming out of out of college, and I don't mean, yeah, just workers, management, people participating in the economy. If we get an entire generation or two of people that are just helplessly zoned out on their screens, then I suppose it could impact profits and things would go wrong. But companies are pretty creative, and I have a feeling that they would get more involved if it, if it looked like we had nothing but, but generation after generation of, of dopes upon dopes. And we're not there yet either. If, if you start digging into the stats on how awful the universities are looking, you, you see that, that actually quite a few smart kids are still getting through. Quite a few smart kids are still succeeding. Smart people have always figured out how to succeed no matter how much the odds are stacked against them. You know why? Because they're smart. And that brings an enormous set of benefits to the world. And it will always be that way. You really cannot legislate that away. You cannot have a social movement that takes that away. You're, you can put in all kinds of barriers. You can try to put guardrails up around the smart kids and boost up the dumb kids as much as you want. You know what? Eventually it's going to be an open field there and, and intelligence, cleverness, ambition is going to win out. It always has so far. That's why capitalism has done better than socialism in, in most, most parts of the world. And even though everything ends up becoming a hybrid eventually, 
the base economy of capitalism is is clearly superior to the base economy of socialism, and I don't think that's ever going to change. And therefore, I don't think we need to avoid the stock market because of creeping trends of socialism in the United States. Thank you for listening. This is your investing questions answered by Jason Kelly. To record a question for a future episode, please call me at 303-747-4428. And you can also email your question to me at jason at jasonkelly.com. Please subscribe to the podcast from any of the links at jasonkelly.com to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and other platforms. And don't forget to subscribe to the Kelly Letter. Prices are still low in the stock market, but a recovery is taking shape and will not be derailed by creeping socialism. <laughs> Please become a Kelly Letter subscriber today at jasonkelly.com to start your own market-beating SIG plans, which have pushed through all past social trends. They go in cycles, and this, this one of socialism is bound to pass at some point. Current subscribers, thank you for doing business with me. I will see you Sunday.